before I have a prayer for this, I just want to share a couple of things um, with what's going on around the world as well as in our, our own community with um, sorrow and, and loss and um, as well as the book that we had decided to read for, for Lent, which is Prayer in the Night, um, my attention was drawn to the second part of the gospel, okay? So the whole narrow door thing, just, just race it out of your mind for a little bit. I'm going to pick up on the, the phrase, go and tell that fox, behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I finish my course. So that's where I'm going to go. Um, so in the book that we're reading, um, some of us, not all of us, I, I understand are going to be doing that, but um, she outlines her book on a prayer from Compline. And Compline is the fourth um, hour of prayer, um, morning, noon, evening, and then Compline that um, traditionally the church has observed. And so here's the prayer, and I want to open with that, and then we'll reflect and see where the Lord leads us, okay? Let's bow our heads. Uh, keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night, and give your angels charge over those who sleep. Tend the sick, Lord Christ. Give rest to the weary, bless the dying, soothe the suffering, pity the afflicted, and shield the joyous, all for your love's sake. Amen. So um, I believe the Lord had a a hand in us choosing this book read. We chose it uh, a few months back and um, not knowing the conflict I'm overseas and um, as well as some of the, the own hurt and sorrows in our own community. Um, and I, I must say, you know, we don't have to um, take our hearts and minds and, and thoughts overseas um, to experience loss and sorrow, right, here in our own community. And my guess, if, if we had the time for each of you to share your own, um, you'd be able to share plenty for us to, to grieve and weep over. Um, whether directly in our community or far away, we are the body of Christ. And when one suffer, we all suffer, correct? You know that. Um, so um, I just want to say this, that um, the church which includes you all, um, is a community where, for me, for the last 40-plus years, as I've been seeking to follow Christ, um, I've been working out this gift of salvation, this gift of life um, that's been so freely given to me and to you. Um, it's with you that I work it out. And um, yes, I depend on the Holy Spirit, yes, um, for guidance, for insight, for perseverance and patience, and just the list goes on and on. But I have learned that depending on the Holy Spirit um, and then the deep roots that the Holy Spirit gives in my life, it comes from the horizontal relationships I have, not just my own personal walk. So, yes, I mean, yes, Christ in me. Um, the Holy Spirit in me, but working it out with you deepens those roots. Amen? And, I, and I've come to believe that, and, um, and I'm going to stand on that, okay? Uh, so here are a few thoughts uh, on the passage which I said I want to reflect on. So if you've got some Bibles, you're welcome to, to open up. And um, this morning at the 8 o'clock, um, I just did an audible. <laughs> you know, I said, oh, I know this sermon. 
and I ended up just making one simple point. And they said it was great, so I'm going to try to make one simple point rather than a couple that I have here, all right? Um, so anyway, so um, here we are. We, we heard that first little part about the narrow door, and, and then we, and we come to verse 31. And at that very hour, some Pharisees came to Jesus and said, Get away from here, for Herod wants to kill you. And Jesus responded, Tell that fox, um, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures, and today and tomorrow I do that. And on the third day I finish my course. All right, so... Tell that fox, yes, the sly one, but I think it would be easy just to kind of expand that and say that maybe Christ is alluding um, to all those who try to steal and kill and um, us, especially the thief, but those principalities and powers, um, both in heavenly places as well here, that try to steal our life and our joy and, and steal our faith, really. You know, and faith is simply saying yes to God, right? Yes, I believe what you did is for me, Lord. So um, tell that fox, that sly one, um, and listen to what he said. Today and tomorrow, um, I cast out demons and do cures. And then on the third day, um, I perfected is is really the best translation. And so where I went with this, um, it came pretty clear. Uh, We know this from the vantage point of looking back. and reading the rest of the text that Jesus was referring to his, right, his crucifixion and his resurrection. Um, and then we find, interesting enough, in the next little section, Jesus lamenting and weeping, if you will, over Jerusalem. Um, in the midst of acknowledging his pending rejection and suffering and abuse and death, he takes the time to weep over the conflictual relationship the very people and city that he loves so much. Um, now, I have to admit here, this is what the Lord's been doing in me, and uh, so I need to share that. Um, doing a deep dive into grief is not my strong suit. Um, I tend to go bucket up, press through. Um, that's the route that I tend to take when I'm dealing with my own sorrows. Now, I do want to say that other people's grief, your griefs and sorrows, I give much more time to. But for me, I just don't have time. And or I say something like, it's it's really not that big compared. Um, Does that sound familiar to any of you? So there's something that goes on. And this is what I learned this week. Uh, At least this is what the Lord was speaking to me. There's something going on in Jesus' death and dying before the resurrection that has huge significance in our walk with Christ. And to avoid weeping and grieving perhaps could have me, maybe you two, miss it. Let me say that again. There's something that goes on in recognizing Jesus' death and dying before his resurrection that I think has huge significance in our walk. Um, I remember the first time I ever um, did the Stations of the Cross. Any of you done the Stations of the Cross? It wasn't in my tradition, 
um, the first time I did it, I, I was just overwhelmed um, by the love of God poured out in his death and dying. That, that meditation ends at the tomb, never gets to resurrection. And I was hugely impacted by it. Um, I still have a hard time diving into grief, uh, my own grief. Um, suffering, death and dying and disease, and even the horrors of what we people do to one another, um, is and has always been around, right? Um, John 16, 32 through 33 says, Jesus says, the hour is coming, indeed it has come, when you will be scattered, each one to his own home, and, and will leave me alone, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I've overcome the world. All right? So before we cover, or at least before I cover my heart with the, the balm and the hope of the resurrection, um, the perfecting, if you will, the finishing of the course, I think it's important um, for me to give weeping and grieving um, an opportunity to do its work in us. Um, talk to Mark. Mark's been doing this, this, um, um, this trauma care of this last year, and he shared this this, this morning at 8, that... Um, grieving with someone you can trust, a safe place, um, is part of the healing process. So acknowledging the dying, the death and the dying is part of the healing. Um, so what grabbed me um, in this text was the word cure. He said, um, I perform cures. And he didn't say I perform healing or use the word Greek word sozo, which is salvation, which has an eternal value. He used the word cure here, which is a has a temporal value. Um, you might be cured, um, but guess what? You're going to die. And what I also know is not everybody's cured. And so some of my, my deepest longings and prayer for people um, are never answered. They're, they're not cured. Lost a mother to cancer. She wasn't cured, but she was healed. She was made whole. And yet something in that curing, obviously, um, is part of the process. Amen? Um, I'm still working this out. Um, keep watch, dear Lord, with those who work or watch or weep this night and give your angels charge over those who sleep, tend the sick, Lord Christ, give rest to the weary, pity the afflicting. You know, you hear that? How do we cope when some of our deepest prayers for ourselves or one another go unanswered? As I said, all are not cured. Um, I didn't have this in my notes till this morning. At the 8, I was listening to the Genesis reading. I just kind of put it aside. Um, 400 years there was unanswered prayer for the people of Israel. 400 years. Yes, we look at the story now, and God brought them out and, and with great possessions, but what about all the generations that never experienced that? They were made whole in Christ. Amen? So, um, all are made whole 
in an eternal way, but not all are cured. So um, I went to Romans 5, all right? And I want to end with that. And um, by no means have, have I unpacked everything here, and I know that. Uh, but that's all I can do right now uh, for me. Because, um, once again, I don't dive well into weeping. Watch a movie, I'll, I'll weep at a movie. You know, read a book, you know, I'll, Lord of the Rings. I mean, it's a fantasy. I weep. But for my own stuff, I don't. What is that? You know, what is this buck up thing that somehow the enemy spoke into my life? Um, so here's Romans 5. And uh, let me read it to you. You, you. Some of you might know this, Pat. This, I wrote in my book years ago, this is foundational. This is Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified um, by faith, and faith is simply saying yes to God's grace, right? Faith is saying yes to God's love for us, unearned and undeserved. That's all faith is. We didn't deserve it. Faith, say yes. That's faith. Um, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have also obtained access by saying yes, faith, into this grace which we stand. So um, I stand in grace. God's favor towards me, unearned and undeserved. That's the only reason I'm standing here. If you think there's something to do with my goodness, you are wrong. I stand here in grace. All right? And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. The hope is the resurrection. There's no doubt about it. Then it goes on and says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings. What the? We rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character and character produces hope and hope does not put us to shame and here it is because God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. And so what I would like to say is that we experience the greatest outpouring of the love of God, not in his resurrection, but in his dying and his death. In our suffering, in the midst of our suffering, in the midst of our grieving and our weeping, we can encounter the love of God poured out into our hearts. Isn't that amazing? And so, if you were to read on, you, you might say, maybe one of you or two of you, well, that doesn't apply to me because I'm a sinner. Paul goes on and says, For while we were still weak, at the right time Christ died for the ungodly. That's you. We had nothing to do with it. You know, if there was any point to make in the Genesis passage, if Father Mark was preaching, he loves that text. Finally, at the very end of that covenant, Abraham falls asleep and God does it without him. Completes the covenant without him. He died for us without us, for the ungodly. And then it goes on and says this. um, But God showed his love for us while we were still sinners. Since therefore we have now been justified by his blood, much more shall we be saved from him, from the wrath of God. So one point I want you to take away. The love of God is poured out for us in his death and dying 
in the midst of your circumstances long before the resurrection. That's our hope. There's no doubt about it. Um, And so I want to close with this reading from Philippians, which was read to us today. The very end of that reading, um, it says this, For our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject us to all things, all suffering, all tribulation. Um, That's our eternal hope. But in the midst of this temporal stuff, um, God's love is poured out for us. Amen? Amen. And I'm still working that out. I'm still figuring out how to grieve. Um, In the book, um, the sermon's over, by the way. Um, In the book, um, there's this little section that she talks about a counselor friend of hers who spends the first 10 or 15 minutes of every session just being quiet. And the people come into her office, struggling with suffering. And she said that her friend tells her invariably before they, she says the first word, they just begin to weep. Perhaps um, I and you need to be still before the Lord and weep um, and experience his great love.